Welcome to the Benefits Compliance Podcast. My name is Suzanne Spradling, and I am with the Benefits Compliance Team for NFP. And I have a guest speaker with me today, Mark Ryder, who we are um, excited to have. He's all things innovation and technology for NFP. And so, Mark, thank you for joining us. And, Thanks for um, having me. You are here predominantly to talk about the NFP Innovation Lab and uh, about technology that could be of assistance to our employer clients. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, a little bit of backdrop on the Innovation Lab for those that are tuned in here. Uh, about five months ago or so, uh, we officially launched the NFP Innovation Lab. It's been worked on now for, we'll say, about the last year and a half or so, um, building the framework. But the the idea behind the lab, and in, in our definition of a lab, is a research arm. Uh, there's many labs out there that have data scientists involved and they're actually involved in building product. But ours is more research-based. And you know the basis of it is that uh, our industries are changing. Technology is changing our industry, um, a lot of disruption. And uh, we want to be a part of that as opposed to being disruptive. And in order to do that, we have to really have the knowledge and understanding of what's happening, the products that are coming to market, and be able to effectively communicate that out to our advisors and then out to their uh, clients. So the lab is really responsible. It, it is a, <clears throat> a funnel for sourcing new technology. So as our advisors stumble upon new tools that they're seeing in the market, or we um, you know, identify new tools and new uh, platforms that are coming to market, there's a standardized fashion in which we source the information uh, on that company, bringing it through a number of different processes around vetting the platform with our subject matter experts internally, and ultimately bringing these platforms to either partnership, uh, potentially investment through the fund that we've launched, uh, or you know maybe just sharing of information uh, back out to the field so they can effectively manage their clients. So give us a give us a flavor for what the companies are that you're seeing. What what uh, what uh, industries are they in, and what parts of um, an employer's processes are they affecting? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to point out is that the insure tech, fintech, HR tech world, the tech component of it, really is is all about bringing technology to streamline and make more efficient and more effective a process, um, and that can be anything from internal. Uh, administration to you know, employee-facing uh, tools that are helping to drive down claims and help people become better users of of healthcare. So um, you know it runs the gamut. Uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, tools that are coming to market. You know I think the employee benefits space is has proven to be the most active to date, <clears throat> along with HR technology, because I think in that area. You're seeing a lot. Of, obviously, it's in that space that an employee is impacted, and and those coverages touch employees, and so there's a lot of activity and interest amongst our customers. Uh, in the property and casualty space, um, we're seeing a lot of innovation that is probably more directed at the the carrier, or or should I say, the carriers are utilizing to improve, let's say, a claims process or the way in which they underwrite, uh, being able to capture more data. Data's king. And with tools of today, you can get more data on a particular um, building or company and utilize that to impact rates uh, that, that they, you know, from a quoting perspective. So let's let's get back to the employee benefit space. And you mentioned uh, for either a fully insured plan or a self-insured plan, what are some of the tools that you're seeing? 
So, you know, there's a number of different tools I mentioned. Some of them are directed at the industry as a whole as far as how we're going to more effectively help an administrator or an advisor rate, quote, and bind coverage. Um, but from a, you know, how an employer, you know, what tools are actually are being focused at the employer and then thus the employees, I'd say you can break it down into two different categories. One would be more directed at claims um, and and one's more directed at, I'm not called socially responsible, but I don't think that's the right phrase for it, but helping to improve the lives of the employees mm. and that can then have an impact on productivity at the workplace. Uh, when we look at claims, certainly any employer can be concerned about the well-being of their employees. So I, I hate to distinguish between self-funded and fully insured, but the reality of it is self-funded customers have more visibility in their claims. So they may see a common, you know, some commonality amongst their claims pool and want to address a specific situation or specific uh, disease that's prominent or you know challenge that they're having in, in kind of keeping their claims at a certain point. So in that area, you're seeing a lot of focus on chronic um, chronic disease management, be it you know, diabetes, um, digestive health, asthma, COPD, and you know, and the list goes on. Um, an example of some of the other category that I mentioned, what we'll call it socially responsible, then we could be looking at things like mental wellness, um, tuition, you know, tuition planning and debt management, financial wellness, college planning, senior care management, mm. um, to name a few. So that would obviously be interested in, to even a fully insured employer. They're going to have, those would touch on them as well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, and again, all of them could. Uh, because, there, I mean, there is, you know, statistics that would come out and say, if I have somebody that has digestive issues, per se, um, that certainly impacts their specialty drug spend. And so putting a program in that will help more effectively manage those issues can drive down claims and that as a net can save an employer money. But it, But the reality of it is those issues also impact that employee's well-being. Probably their um, absenteeism, uh, their effectiveness at the wor at work while they're at work. So they all can, you know, those type of tools. Even if you're fully insured and can't don't have visibility into the claim, you could be putting a program like that in place that could have ramifications outside of the claims pool and really more around productivity. So let give me an example of one that you've seen that you think is exciting. Yeah. So so. You know, a lot of the, the tools um, are directed at, you know, adherence to medication or adherence to whatever the protocol that was prescribed by your physician. So we use asthma, for instance, uh, Cohero is a company where um, you're seeing a, a Bluetooth enabled inhaler that helps to track, you know, the, the frequency of the usage, uh, how fully that, if that patient is actually using the inhaler properly and getting mm. a full puff out of the, the, inhale, mm. the inhaler. Uh, and they're tracking that so that when they go back, let's say that patient goes back to the doctor and is still having symptoms or having uh, a flare up, they can point to the data that they have, not have to rely on, well, how frequently are you using this? And are you taking a full puff like we're asking you to? And are you following, again, adherence to the, the, the plan of attack? Um, 
similar company that we uh, that we were working with, Wealth, which is actually uh, it's it is around behavioral economics and making sure that people are staying on their medications and doing so through uh, asking the patient to take a picture of themselves taking the medication, like the pill on their tongue, and the the, the picture can can zone in on the pill and make sure that it is the right medication. Mm. And the philosophy around it is just not about that picture taking. Um, they they actually it encourages the adherence to the protocol by giving a pool of money. And if they don't um, take their medication on time and as, as prescribed, then they lose money, mm. which differs from giving them money for taking it and money right. might say well why and there's just the behavioral economics around people not wanting to lose the pool of money that is in their hands as opposed to gaining money for doing a task mm. so it's you know it gets it, it brings some science and some you know philosophy into that and then i would say also so that's a, a pretty interesting there are two tools there's another one um focused on digestive health that i referenced before that helps uh you know for through a bluetooth enabled gi um you know, almost a breathalyzer of sorts, track uh, the the dieting habits. They they through a through an intake, they understand you know dieting habits of an individual. Um, they understand the 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 break makeup of their stomach and their the digestive system, mm. and can point to what foods will not um, be good to, to eat at a particular time. That's crazy. Uh, and potentially drive a flare up, and if, if you drive down the number of flare ups, then you drive down the number of medication, and that drives down the specialty spend. So that's fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff. Do you ever hear of employers being concerned about gathering that additional information about their employees, or do you hear a sensitivity from the employees about being concerned about that additional data being gathered? Yeah, you know, I can't say that we're we have a a massive pool to pull from um, because the, a lot of these new tools are, are really, you know, in a startup phase and really starting to just creep into the market. But I would say that, uh, you know, in this day and age, from a data perspective, people are concerned about everything. Um, you have to make sure that the companies are, you know, have protocol in on how they're protecting the data. Uh, I, I do think the way in which many of these are distributed through individual um, you know, apps that they're managing, that that is, you know, I think employees feel like they're owning that data in some mm-hmm. sort of sense. And, and and quite frankly, you know, some of these tools, they're still, um, you have to get buy-in from the employee. So the employer has to agree that they're going to put this tool out, but it's not 100% mandatory that one's going to participate. But folks that are having challenges, again, call it digestive health, in that particular arena, they're not feeling good. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for help and they want tools like that. So I, I, I think that's probably in the back of their mind, but in, in the front of their mind is I don't feel good 90% of the time. And can somebody help me? And if these tools are built to help, then I think they're, they're, uh, they're lead them with open arms. It, it seems to also show the employees that the employers do care about their, not only are they caring about their plan doing well, uh, financially, but they're really caring about their employees as well. That would be at least the take I would have if I was an employee and, and some of these tools were provided for my benefit. For sure. I mean, listen, at the ROI when they're doing, you know, sitting around in finance and the senior team is, is thinking about these, there's not an unlimited spend to just create, um, you know, be so benevolent to the employee, right? right. But um, 
with that comes a better work experience. With that comes, if it's better work experience, it's more productivity. And right. so that um, sort of sneaks into it as well. But you're, you're right. I think the the idea that an employee would see these new kind of benefits being pushed out or supported by their employer would, would make them feel as if they care. Um, and they're really trying to craft a package that addresses the needs of the employees, just not to like breeze through throwing a few benefits out there and calling it a plan. So I've also heard you talk about different um, tools um, around gathering data, like Springbuck being one of them. Can you speak to some, you know, some of that area? Yeah. So I think that all of these tools, um, I, I said at a meeting that I was at just recently, that innovation by itself is is you're probably going to be frustrated. You're not going to see an ROI if you simply just roll out some tools in an uneducated fashion and you don't think about your population and where their needs are. Um, and if your claims match up to be able to, you know, to a particular illness that's more prevalent than something else, than another illness. So I would say that at the heart of some of these, specifically the tools I just mentioned, is a, is a you know, data analysis. And, and that's a lot of times done through tools like Springbuck, where they're giving visibility into the way their claims and, uh, you know, where, what, what illnesses are prevalent. And predominant, and I think it's probably a better way to roll out innovation if it's done in a more pinpointed fashion. There's certainly and has been quite a lot of tools that have been in the market for years around and decision support tools around let's help our employees become better users. Mm -hmm. And to roll out these tools and have them be tools that you have to go out and actively seek out, I, I just think it's proven to not be as successful as tools that are meant to address a particular population and to engage them through mobile applications that are more push notifications and, and things that they need to do, you know, in order to qualify and steps to take. So I, I think that that's, you know, important to see. And so when we're looking at a spring buck and the data comes out and we see that diabetes is a big factor or a big, you know, issue within our population, then the deployment of a plan like a Livongo that tackles that is it makes a lot of sense if we didn't have a tool like a springbok or any type of data analytics tool it'd be a lot more difficult you'd have to go with industry stats and 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 you can certainly rely on that but it's much better to see your own data and make decisions off of your own data than it is to just take a you know industry uh, percentage and go with that so uh, so that sounds like good advice for employers that to make sure that they're just being strategic in whatever type of technology that they're adding on. Is there anything else related to that that you would advise employers as they're thinking about which technology uh, advances to bring in-house and which not to buy in-house, I mean, just to adopt? Yeah, I mean, I would say that one thing to point out, we're focusing on claims and Springbok and, and making decisions off of data, and there's probably a lot of employers out there that say that would be great if I could get my hands on my data, but I'm... 200 lives or I'm 50 lives or I'm 350 and, and I'm in a full insured world and I don't have access to that data to import into Springbok and to get an, uh, you know a, uh, visibility into those claims. So is innovation only is only for the big guys? And I would say no. You know, there are these other tools that, are, that I referenced earlier that are focused in on well-being of the employee. It could be Financial stresses are large around college planning and allow around retirement. So can we put tools in place that will help with debt management and financial planning and college you know, tuition reimbursements? And, you know, am I better off um, with all the college debt that I have? Is there a way in which I can refinance that and, and, mm. and uh, 
and you know maybe draw draw down on some of my fixed monthly expenses that are out there and use that uh, elsewhere. Uh, mental wellness, the world's not getting any any less crazy, and so but the stigma of going to um, a, a a counselor isn't always positive. So having an app-based tool that really is deployed to all employees that they can tap into whenever they would see fit in public or in private and access information, access, you know, um, meditation type exercises, as well as access a counselor in, in, in cases where they really feel they need to talk to somebody. Um, really, really important. And all those tools, and, and you know, I think one more to uh, mention would be the aging population, you know, senior care, um, treatment and coverage for, you know, we all know that the population is aging and that, you know, parents of people that are working now are living longer. Um, how are we going to take care of those parents? Those are things that need to be addressed. And typically, you know, you can call upon these facilities to find that, um, you know, the care for your mom or dad during working hours, which is when you're working. And so if you're spending 20% of your time um, doing that research, it's 20% less time that you're doing the job that you're hired for, right, right. Um, as well as the stresses that go along with it. So there are, there's a platform, Village Plan, that we, that we uh, uh, really like that provides a tool for accessing information for care management, uh, an app for sharing information about mom or dad and where they are, their treatments or how they're doing, so that family members can um, you know, tap into that without having to do a you know, a call tree where somebody calls somebody and then whisper down the line at the end of the day, right. nobody knows anything. <laughs> and they're just frustrated and probably hollering at each other because it's a stressful time. So all of these, I think, uh, help with an employee's well-being. And if you're helping with their well-being, you're helping with their productivity and productivity then, you know, can help build that ROI. And, and, you know, people always ask why HR technology is so important these days. And it's because the C-Suites has realized that the people are important. They're the key component to the business, and we need to invest in them. And this is just another way. Well, I, I may have to get that college uh, financing tool from you, <laughs> you and me bit, I have four kids going to school. But you and me both. <laughs> um, with compliance also being near and dear to my heart, is there anything you can speak to in terms of compliance tools or uh, administration? Yeah, I mean, I would say back to the point of um, the fact that the HR tech or insure tech space is predominantly driven by the drive to implement technology to help more effectively and cost effectively and efficiently manage a process. Um, in the compliance world, there is the production of SPDs and plan docs and wrapper right, docs right. and all these different forms and in many cases are relatively standardized with some um, client-specific data within there. So you're seeing a lot of advancements as far as being able to provide those tools um, because, uh, you know, they don't all have access to a stellar compliance department that we do. That's true. Uh, now, again, the technology can't replace a Suzanne Spradley. So, and in that gray, there you go. <laughs> in that, in that, gray, that gray area that, that comes into play when you're talking about uh, compliance, I, I don't see any of these tools replacing the need or replacing that final judgment or decision. Or recommendation, but they certainly are helping in uh, you know streamlining some of what we'll call the administration or the uh, minutia of you know building documents. I know you'd be a good guest speaker. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if we have employers out there that are interested in tapping into the information on the Innovation Lab, 
what what do you what do we tell them? Do we? So I mean, talk to your advisor. You know, your advisor is going to be your best source. They have the ability then to um, bring forward the information that we're researching in the lab. In fact, we're about to release uh, our Tech Direct, which is the database that'll be searchable by our advisors, uh, searchable by name of product, by uh, theme or industry, and it'll bring up all the companies that we have reviewed. Um, thus far in the process. And that number, I, honestly, each week it's growing by you know, 20, 30 groups a week coming wow. through the door. Uh, and uh, I don't envision that stopping. Somebody, a, a conference that I was at recently, and I can't remember, so I can't give them credit, so I'll steal it. Uh, they said that uh, as of today, change is faster today than it has ever been, and it's as slow as it'll ever be. Wow. So it's not slowing down. Innovation's here to stay. Talk to your advisor. They can tap into our team, and and there may if there is a theme that you guys you know talk about uh, that we haven't addressed. You know, a lot of the way in which we're building this is by having you know we have forty three hundred employees around the country. Um, folks are exposed to new technology. We're not. We can't go out and find everything. Um, we're we're leaning on them to be able to provide us. You know, I guess to be researchers in, in a sense. All right, Mark, I knew you'd be a great guest speaker. Thank you so much for coming. And as we like to say in compliance, that's a wrap. Thanks for having me, Suzanne. Thank you.